Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Welcome to the Full Slate Week 17 Pick'em Podcast brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, Week 17 is here. I'm a little sad about it. I don't know how we're at the end of the season already. Yeah, it's always sad when the NFL regular season is coming to an end. Only one Sunday left with Siciliano, Scott Hansen, whoever you prefer. So it's sad. There's a lot of great playoff scenarios on the line. So I do think we'll have a really fun last uh, Sunday of the regular season. But again, we also have an extra playoff game this year with the added or two extra playoff games with the added wild card. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the adding another team to the mix uh, has created kind of a bit of a headache for everyone trying to figure out what all the different playoff scenarios, who's benching who. The one, the top seed only getting the bye really does have an impact on a couple of the games we're going to talk about. Miami, Buffalo, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Those teams that normally would be jockeying for that two seed and really want to get the bye. Now it's like, uh, what are they actually going to do? Are they going to come to play? Um, and also, Tyler, we have our head-to-head uh, season record at play. I mean, we'll roll that over into the playoffs, but it is wild that we're tied at 40, 38, and one, two equally mediocre betters. 
Yeah, I would say it's a, a lot of pressure on you. I ran away with the lock of the week crown. You yeah. have a lot of pressure not to get swept in the regular season. So a lot of pressure on you. I texted you earlier about something related to the podcast, and you said you were sitting on the beach. So I don't know where your head's at. I know I'm in the snow here grinding just, you know, brick by brick here, and you're laying on a beach um, somewhere. So I hope, I hope your priorities are straight. Getting my head right. Clear, clear the mind. Be able to see the board in a, in a better sense. Some fun facts for you, Ty, going into Week 17 here. Teams that need to win in Week 17 to get into the playoffs, or at least would need help with a loss, have gone 15 and 23 against the spread when playing teams with zero incentive. Uh, the sample size of that, I think, over the last couple of years. If you're curious, Tyler, 13 of those 38 teams have lost straight up on the money line. So I think if you kind of think about it going in and just kind of play like, oh, they need to win, and you pick those teams, uh, it's not a profitable strategy going into week 17. And if you focus solely on favorites laying more than a field goal, um, so basically the big favorites going into these kind of must-win situations, they are 9-19. and 19. So the Browns are one of those. Um, did that surprise you, Tali, those stats? Um, I ran my model, and I actually found similar trends. So I was oh, also, I was also aware of that. But, yeah, I mean – I think one of these teams that is fighting for a spot and you think, oh, they're going to play motivated. Someone's going to lose and it's going to shock you. So in the AFC right now, there's five teams kind of jockeying for four spots. Tennessee right now is the four seed. Then you have Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, and the Colts all 10 and five. And then it's different tiebreaker. So one of those teams obviously is going to miss the playoffs. Tennessee is playing uh, Houston. They're seven and a half point favorites. Like it wouldn't shock me. They lost that game. And then in the NFC, you have the Rams, Bears, and Cardinals all fighting for two spots. And the Bears right now hold the seventh seed, which is crazy. felt like they were dead so many different times this year. So it'll be fun. I currently have the NFL uh, or the ESPN NFL playoff machine up on my computer. So if you have any questions throughout, Cody, I could throw it in and I could let you know what would happen. Um, So it'll, it'll be a great Sunday. Thank you, Tyler. So resourceful of you. Uh, let's get to this first one on the list. Miami at Buffalo. AFC East matchup. Buffalo's one and a half point favorites in this one. The total is 44 and a half. Uh, Miami coming in off their miracle win on Saturday night over the Raiders. All the Fitz magic in the world. He's not even starting this week. Buffalo continues to steamroll everyone in their path. They can get the two seed if they win. Uh, but again, no buy this year. Uh, just basically playing the seventh team out of the AFC. Tyler, Josh Allen, MVP train, getting some buzz. It's probably too late in the game with Rodgers and Mahomes, but this Bills team has been an absolute wagon of late. Where's your head at in this one? Yeah, I mean, this one's tough because we don't know if Josh Allen's going to play or not, and I think that really impacts the decision we're going to make here. If they go to Matt Barkley, I'd feel pretty confident that Miami is going to win, but McDermott said he's not going to reveal the game plan. I'd have a hard time imagining they're not going to play him at all. I would think they're at least going to play in the first half. It's not like this is, you know, I know they made the playoffs last year, but Josh Allen still doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. Like I think you want to keep him in rhythm the way he's been playing. So I wouldn't be so sure that he's going to be benched. His last five games, basically since they lost that Hail Mary game to the Cardinals, his completion percentage is 71%. He's averaging 290 yards per game. He's 13 passing touchdowns, only two picks. He's ran it in for three times. I mean, they've looked incredible. Like 
the Monday night game I thought was impressive. The Patriots obviously aren't the Patriots that we're used to, but going up against a divisional team that wants to kind of play a little role of spoiler in the seating and kind of beat you, to beat them down like that, to really just like take a bad team that has not much to play for and beat them down on a primetime spot on the road, I thought that was a really impressive win. I love the way the Bills are playing. And the Dolphins, like two is starting, but I think that's a short, that has to be a short leash, right? Yeah, definitely. I think they'll be quick, kind of like in baseball, the game seven starter that oftentimes gets pulled early and you just ship it over to the bullpen quickly. That's going to be Tua in this game. It's a must-win situation. Um, His numbers were just so poor versus Raiders, 22 pass attempts, 94 overall passing yards, but they've been really solid the last 11 games, nine and two straight up and against the spread. I don't think... So uh, Sean McDermott's quote, this is what he said. Conversations have taken place. We have a plan. Keep that plan internal for a number of reasons. Number one, I haven't had a chance to talk to our players yet. At the end of the day, trying to do what's best for our football team and every team's different. Cole Beasley got banged up last week. They, The only team nipping at their heels are the Steelers, who have already said they're benching Big Ben in their game versus the Browns. Um, so I think the Bills are going to play their guys for a half and then bench everyone. Uh, because they're going to have to play in a playoff game next week, and it may be against Miami. So I like Miami in this one. I think their defense is solid. So even if you do get the Bills, the Josh Allen-led Bills in the first half, I think Miami will be able to keep it close enough and be able to pull away late, whether that's with Tua or Fitzpatrick. Um, It's scary betting against this Bills team right now because they're rolling. I mean, their last five games, the defense has really come together. They're only allowing 17 points a game. Feels more reminiscent of what we saw from this team last year. Um, they're a scary playoff team. This doesn't take away from the fact that I really like them. Uh, I think it's going to be them and the Chiefs at the end of the day in the AFC, but I'm taking Miami this week plus one and a half. Yeah, I think if you want to bet my, if you want to pick Miami, you have to bet them now because I only think the only way they're going to win this game is if they rest their starters or announce some plan that, like we said, they're only going to play a half or maybe Josh Allen doesn't play at all. And I would assume if that comes out, the line's going to swing in Miami's favor. So I like them now. I like them talking more about it and hearing what you said, just because I think the Bills are going to rest their starters in some capacity. Um, so I'll take the Dolphins. They're, I mean, their defense has been great. Top five in success rate. They're number one on third down. So I like Miami. I don't. Even if the Bills announce they're not playing any of their starters, I still think this would end up being a close game. Like you said, Buffalo's defense is starting to come on a little bit the last five weeks. They're second in rushing success rate. They're second in limiting big play and big passes. So they're starting to round into form. Like what we saw last year from their defense, and if the offense continues to play this way, like I don't think it's crazy to say they're playing better right now than the Chiefs. We'll see what happens in the playoffs if they get to that point, but. I like Miami. I think Flores, this would be a nice cap for their year to get into the playoffs. And this is a huge game for Tua. He needs to play well. If he plays shaky again and they go to Fitzpatrick, if they go to Fitzpatrick and say they win, if if they go to Fitzpatrick in this situation, he's definitely not being the starter next week. So this is a big game for Tua. He he needs to play well after last week. Um, But let's move on to another game the AFC you want to preview. I think these are all division games this week, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so another divisional game, Steelers at the Browns. Browns minus nine and a half, over-unders, 42. Browns in a must-win situation, like you said. Mason Rudolph will be starting this week. 
Mason Rudolph revenge game. Um, True. Miles Garrett. Yeah. yeah, he did get in for a snap, I think, when they played last time. Browns got killed in that game. And this is another game, and I think this is kind of a theme of young quarterbacks who need to play well. This is a huge game for Baker. He didn't have his receivers last week. He gets, I would give him like a slight pass, but he still played pretty terrible versus Jets. He needs to win this game. He was the number one pick three years ago. He's been okay. He's been good this year, but he really hasn't lived up to that hype yet. He's turned more into a game manager. He's going to need to play decent in this game and need to win this game to get them in to the playoffs. Because if you lose back-to-back weeks versus the Jets and then at least the backup quarterback of the Steelers, I think their defense is going to play. Um, this is a huge yeah. game for Baker. Yeah, I I like the Steelers in this one. Nine and a half is a lot of points. Look at Big Ben's numbers. I know Mason Rudolph, he looked really bad at times last season, but Big Ben has also looked pretty terrible at times this year. He leads the league in pass attempts, but it hasn't been efficient. He's 20th in the league in completion percentage, 22nd in both quarterback rating and QBR. Um, I think they're going to be fired up to kind of play spoiler, even without Big Ben. Um, I, I think... I don't think their starters are going the whole game, so I think there will be the aspect of benching. Um, but I feel like this Browns team, again, they're starting to stumble a bit. I'm nervous about being on the Steelers, just the bounce-back angle with the following the loss to the Jets. But at the end of the day, we still are talking about the Browns. And they haven't been a good team against the spread this year. Specifically, the last 10, they're 3-7 and seven against the spread. 9.5, it's just a lot of points against the Steelers' defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I know the Browns are getting their wide receivers back. Um, the game, the I mean, so I got on the Sunday Scaries pod, you mentioned it. Baker threw the ball 53 times versus uh, the Jets. I imagine there's going to be some kind of overcorrection this week uh, to the run game. And if you're a Browns fan, I would hope that would be the case uh, for them to win. But nine and a half is just too many points. And going back, this stat from the top, uh, how a lot of these teams, big favorites and must-win spots haven't been great against the spread. Like, I think the Browns are going to come out pretty nervous, right? Like, they really could mess this up if they lose. So, I think Steelers are going to go out to play with house money, and, like, if they win, they have a shot at the two-seed, and if not, they're a three-seed and Big Ben's ready to go for next week. Yeah, this is like a franchise, like, this is uh, clearing all the demons they've had from the last, like, like, 20 years. Can they get past the Steelers? Steelers are daddy. Yeah, the, the big bullies in the division. So in the Big Ben era, this includes all games since they've drafted Big Ben, not even including games he's missed. Obviously, Mason Rudolph started last year. He lost that game. They also beat them with Duck Hodges in one game. They've played 28 games. What do you think the Steelers' record is in that span? Or 29? 29, you said? Yeah. How many have they won? 26 and three. It's close. They're 25, three and one. They tied uh, <laughs> one game. So they've absolutely owned, owned the Browns. Baker hasn't played well versus Steelers. He's one and three. He's been sacked 12 times. His completion percentage is 56%, six to four touchdown interception ratio. This is like everyone on the Browns needs to like clear their demons. If they're going to move forward and be a good franchise, which I think they can be, Stefanski's proven he's a good coach. They have good players on this team. They need to eradicate those demons. But I do think the Steelers keep it close. Like you said, nine and a half is way too much. And I, too many points. Also, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, so I like the underdog in that situation. In Cleveland's defense, like they have Miles Garrett, who's a great player. Outside of that, they're not that great. They're 27th in rushing success rate, so James Conner also had 100 yards in their first matchup. So if the Steelers could get it going versus anyone, that could be this team. Um, so I think the Steelers keep it close. I kind of hope the Browns win just because 
I feel bad for Baker. It seems like he's too easy to pick on on social yeah. media. My guy, Kong Cowherd, um, just loves, yeah. loves teeing off on him. And yeah. this this could be a potential first-round matchup. I feel like all these games in the AFC that are playing mm-hmm. this week could end up playing again next week, depending what happens. Um, so we're in agreement, two for two so far. Next I want year. the Browns to win this game, too. I want the Browns in the playoffs. Like I think I think they're, they're a more fun team than Miami. Yeah, I mean... If, I feel like, yeah, it depends what Miami does, but if it's Fitzpatrick, it's different conversation. But I, I don't know that it will be. I, I would just rather see them get in than the Colts at this point. And Philip Rivers is entertaining, but we we've, we've seen it so many times at yeah, this point. I want to I want to see Baker do something. But mm-hmm. ne- next game we want to talk about game big game here in Chicago. Uh, Packers <laughs> at the Bears. Bears are plus five and a half. Over unders fifty two. The Packers, I thought they wrapped up the one seed. They didn't. There's a way they could not get it. So they need to win this game. And I think they also would take a lot of pleasure in potentially knocking out the Bears. And if the Bears win this game, there's a chance they'd play the Packers again next week. So, again, with the only one team getting a bye, it's pretty weird. Uh, a lot of scenarios. And this is another team that one team owning the other team. Rodgers is 19-5 and against the Bears in his career. They killed them earlier in the year. On Sunday night, feels like whenever the Bears have a big game and play the Packers, they get they get, uh, killed. They get their hearts broken. I love the Packers. It's a, it's such a square pick, but getting the Packers under touchdown versus the Bears, I don't think is enough. Bears have looked nice the last few weeks, but they also haven't really played anyone. Beat Jacksonville, uh, Texans, Detroit, and and uh, the Vikings. Like not a murderer's row. The Packers are playing so well right now. And I think they're going to take a lot of pleasure in beating the Bears. So I like the Packers at minus five and a half. Where, where are you leaning? This is going to end up swinging our year to date. I like the Bears plus five and a half. It makes me a little sick. I mean, you threw out the Rodgers stats. Packers have owned the Bears in Chicago. They've won nine out of the last ten trips to Soldier Field. Um, it's the kind of thing where Rodgers, like, we saw how dominant they looked on Sunday Night Football. It was incredible. It was the best Packers performance I feel like I've seen in a while in a big setting versus a team that's run heavy and can play smash math football. And they held their own. They did a great job in that game. Rodgers is now the odds-on favorite to win the MVP, which is kind of wild. I feel like he's kind of flown under the radar for a while. The last few weeks he's emerged, and the Chiefs are kind of in uh, cruise control at this point. Another fun fact for you, no MVP has won the Super Bowl in the same year since Kurt Warner did it with the Rams, which is literally like 20 years ago. So just side note there. Um, But why I like the Bears, the Packers just feel so obvious in the spot that I'm I'm essentially fading my own brain. And I've liked what – I know it's been against poor competition, but Trubisky has looked good. Um, And David Montgomery has kind of resurrected his career. We've definitely – dragged him through the mud a handful of times on this podcast, but he looks good. Their offense, I think they're going to be able to put up points against this uh, Packers defense, which played well on Sunday Night Football, but I'm still not totally buying it. Um, They scored 30 or more points to Bears in four straight games. That's the first time they've done that since 1965. That's insane. And I don't know. I think Cleo Mack out there, hopefully they can make a couple plays defensively, rattle Rodgers as much as you can this year. Um, so I'm taking the Bears plus five and a half. I feel like this is going to be a kitchen sink game for Matt Nagy. If they lose, like, does he have a job next year? I don't know. So I think they're literally throwing everything out there. He stinks. Trubisky stinks. But they've looked good of late. Um, so the Packers just feels way too obvious. So I'm going with the Bears. 
I, th- I think the way they've played the last few weeks has secured Nagy's job, you know, bouncing back from a six game losing streak to now win four in a row, three or four, four in a row. Right. Um, yeah. That, that is impressive. Like it felt like they were dead. So to bring them back, I think he's at least secured himself another year. I think Trubisky's going to come back to on some sort of short-term deal, unless they get blown out, which could happen. And even if they lose this game, they still can get into the playoffs. And the last four weeks they have been playing well, their offense is number one in the NFL in success rate, and they're eighth in rushing success rate over that time. They're 30th for the season. They're top half of the league in big plays. So their offense is getting better. Uh, it just comes down to I, do, I don't trust Trubisky in this game. Uh, in his career versus the Packers, he's one in five, under 60% completion. He's seven touchdowns, seven turnovers. He's been sacked 21 times. Like I just think this Packers team is going to tee off on him and – they're, they're just, they need to get the one seed, you know, they want the buy, and also they love to just embarrass their division rival, so I, I, I really like the Packers, it feels too obvious, but getting them at under a touchdown feels pretty, pretty good to me, and I think the addition of A.J. Dillon is huge, I think having that big bulldozer type back to throw along with um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams throws another wrinkle to their offense, so I, I just love what I've seen from the Packers last few weeks, so we're on opposite sides there. Let's take a quick break and then we'll uh, preview the rest of week 17. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Cody, now let's move on to an NFC West matchup. We want to preview here. Cardinals at the Rams. Rams are three-point home underdogs. The over-unders, 40-and-a-half. No Jared Goff in this game. John Walford is now the starter for the Rams. Um, Also, no Cooper Cup. He's going to miss a game. I think Daryl Henderson is out as well. Rams are super banged up going into this one. Kyler Murray is also a little banged up, but he said he's going to play. 
I don't know. Where, where are you leaning in this one? It feels like the Cardinals should win this game, but I, I can't trust Cliff Kingsbury in this spot. Yeah, this is one where both teams are kind of reeling here because the Cardinals lose a game they should win versus the 49ers. Now you have Kyler with a leg injury. It sounds like he's going to play, but we all know even if he plays with a leg injury, his ability to run and make plays uh, with his legs, extend the pocket, pick up yards, like that's a massive part of his game. So I think that really hampers their offense. They're basically, they need to win this game and have the Bears lose. And it's crazy that the Rams are even in a situation where they might miss the playoffs. Just two weeks ago, it felt like they were rolling. They, they had won four out of five. Um, and then they lose back-to-back weeks to the Jets. And we know it happened last week with Goff, who we dragged through the mud. Uh, it turned out he had a broken thumb, but uh, whoopsies. Um, so now there's a real chance they, they don't make the playoffs if the Bears somehow beat the Packers, which they never do, but you never know. Um, I don't have a good feel for a side in this one. I kind of feel like losing Jared Goff and the backup, it may not be as big of a step down as we think. So if I had to choose a side, I would take the Rams here with the points and that really just a play on their defense there more than anything. But the play I really like in this spot is the under 40 and a half. Sounds like Kyler's going to play, but they're still not definitive on it. So one, you may get two backups. And even if Kyler does play, the fact that he can't really run as much uh, versus one of the best defenses in the NFL um, I like this total a lot. I feel like this is like 17-14 run all over it. So I'm taking the under. What about you? Yeah, I like the under. Both of these defenses or both of these offenses have been pretty terrible over this last stretch. Arizona's 27th in the red zone over their last three. On third down, the Rams are 27th. Arizona's 28th their last three games. Both are bottom of the league in success rate and explosiveness their last six. So both offenses have been reeling. So I guess I've talked myself into taking the under. First side, I actually do like the Rams at plus three. I think their defense is going to come to play in this game. And as far as coaching goes, I think it's a pretty big mismatch between McVay and uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And this guy, Walford, I've seen like three highlights. It looks like he is kind of the same player as Goff as far as the athleticism outside the pocket. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what he could do. He can't be any worse than Goff. I know Goff broke his thumb. That also was, I think, in the second half. That was not early in the game when he threw the worst interception I've ever seen. Um, So I actually like the Rams. I think they win this game. I think the Cardinals, they're reeling. Um, You know, they got lucky with the Hail Mary. If they didn't have that, they'd really be out of it. And another reason I like the uh, the Rams this week with their defense, I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to kind of shut down DeAndre Hopkins in their first matchup. He only had 52 yards. Last week, we saw what Jason Verrett did to him. I think the Rams are going to have similar success. This year, when Hopkins has over 100 yards, the Cardinals are 6-1, and 2-7, and 2-6 and six in, in those other games. So I think he really gets that offense going. And if he can't get much going versus Ramsey and Kyler can run, I think that really limits their offense. So I like the Rams in a low-scoring game. So are the Rams your pick or is under your pick? Mm. I'll take the Rams. I, I want I want to be squarely against Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, so you're on the Rams plus three. Yeah, this game is it's a weird one. I mean, just from a couple weeks ago to where we're at now, uh, both these teams are in shambles. But I agree. I like I like the Rams, but my pick is on the under. 
more than anything. Sunday night football. I can't believe this is a Sunday night football game to end the season. Last year, we had the 49ers Seahawks on Sunday night football for all the marbles. Then this year, we have a battle for the NFC East crown. Kind of weird that went with this game over the Bears-Packers game, in my opinion, in terms of ratings. But people want to see Alex Smith, and we'll see if he's out there. Washington's <laughs> at Philly. Philly's one-and-a-half-point home dogs. Totals 43-and-a-half. Washington sitting at six and nine. If they win, they win the NFC East. Uh, but since they, uh, yeah, they're a short, short road favorite here. It would be their first division title since 2015. They cut Dwayne Haskins this week, only his second year in the league. Pretty wild. Um, and Alex Smith, it seems like things are progressing in the right direction. Ron Rivera said he's optimistic that Smith will play. He practiced at the end of last week. Um, so we'll see there. Philly, it's a Jalen Hurts show now. Their offenses look much improved. Andy Dalton and company absolutely tore apart that Eagles defense last week. I love Washington in this one, Tyler. I'm just buying the defense. I'm buying Alex Smith. They win when he starts. His career in Washington, um, when he plays, they're 10-5. and five. Um, This year, they've been solid against the NFC East. They've kind of taken care of business. They've won four out of, or they covered four out of the last five. Um, so I like Washington in this spot. I just feel like Philly's going to be kind of checked out. I don't know. I saw uh, Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, said it's a, it's a no-hack game, which meant he doesn't want the Washington team clinching on the Eagles' home field and they have the division hats and everything out. So if, if you don't think they're going to come out inspired, I don't know what you got coming. Who, who cares about Jim Schwartz? <laughs> I am. It was news. Um, but so the, the Giants and Cowboys play earlier in the day. So if Washington loses, the winner of that game gets a division. I can't believe the Giants are still in it. That's that's surreal. And the Cowboys, too. This yeah, division they, is just could, so bad. The Giants could either be NFC champions after Sunday or have the third pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Giants fans are hoping they lose, but I kind of hope they win and get the division just for that reason. But, yeah, I don't know. If Alex Smith plays, I like Washington. The play I like in this game is the under. Um, both these defenses are solid, as you said. Washington's defense has really been their backbone all season. And the Eagles is good, too. They're third in the league in rushing success rate, 14th in pass. Washington's 13th in rushing success rate, second in pass. Um, and both defenses are top 10 in pressure rate and sacks, which plays well against these offenses because both offenses are top 10 in sacks allowed this year. So I like the under. I think this will be a low-scoring game, a very ugly game. And, again, we'll be wondering why this is the Sunday night game. I don't know if I would have made it Bears-Packers just because that was a Sunday night game earlier in the year, and that game was horrible. Um, I, I don't know who I would have went with. Maybe, I honestly think Steelers-Browns might have been good just because – it would have been the Browns trying to get into the playoffs. But I like I like the under in this game. I think it'll be low scoring. It'll be ugly. Some it's supposed to rain in Philadelphia on Sunday. Yeah, so that could be play. a gross game. That'll be gross. And Jalen Hurts has been pretty good, but you know, last week they only put up seventeen points versus the Cowboys. They got off to hot start and then kind of sputtered out. So I think this this will be the best defense. Or, well they played the Saints, but second best defense he's played in in a crappy weather game i don't think he'll be able to do much so i like the under yeah the unders the unders good play i'm i just want to root for alex smith in the spot hopefully he plays and there's a lot of there's a lot of good juju flying around on that washington you got ron rivera battling cancer alex smith his comeback story 
it would be cool if they finished it off, made the playoffs. Chase Young's just playing at an, at another level. Um, so we'll see there. Uh, Tyler, before we get to our lock of the week, we have to go with our can't miss pick of the week for Monkey Knife Fight, friend of the program. Use promo code full slate for a free $5 first contest and up to $50 instant deposit match. We had the same pick last week, Tyler, and it hit. It was very nice. Nice little payout on Monkey Knife Fight, so go check that out. I'll let you get started first here, Tyler. What's your uh, Monkey Knife Fight pick? So my Monkey Knife Fight pick, kind of similar to what I did last week. I'm going to the Packers-Bears game. I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. Totals 52. I'm taking touchdown dance. You got to take Devontae Adams. He's 17 touchdowns this year. He's had seven in the last five games. I'm also taking David Montgomery, who's also had seven touchdowns his last five games. He's, he's came on. I mean, credit to him. I thought he was horrible the first year and a half of his career, but he's really turned around. And Robert Tanyan, who's all, also been a touchdown target for Rodgers. These guys have combined for 18 touchdowns their last five games. So I'm taking the over for them at three and a half, plays out four to one. Rodgers loves throwing to Devontae Adams. It's it's insane. I feel like he's still son, somewhat underrated. If you said who's the best receiver in the league, people would be like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins or Julio. DK was hot you know, at the beginning of the year. It's Devontae Adams. He's been the best receiver in the league over the last year and a half, two years. So that's, that's my uh, pick. Yeah, I'm sticking in the same game, but swapping yes. out Tunyon for Aaron Jones. Um, I think he's going to be able to – they're going to have some short yardage situations. A lot of those passes either go to Devontae or Aaron Jones, who has, puts up big touchdown numbers. So, again, use promo code full slate. Check out Monkey Knife Fight. Tyler, last lock of the week of the regular season here. Last, last one of 2020 here, Tyler, so don't get all emotional on me. Uh, congratulations, you've locked up the week, you've locked up the season. Um, we don't have to go into records, I'm battling to be 500. Um, so a lot a lot online this week. People are saying you're, you've checked out a bit and the year, things wrapped up, but I'll let you get started first, Tyler. Yeah, they said the last week and I just delivered a winner, so that's just what I keep doing, powering through. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this is the last last podcast of 2020. Um, th- thank any, God any, this year is over. Yep. Any New Year's resolutions for 2021, Tyler? Uh, just keep keep putting out winners. Um, okay. be- before we get to before I give out the pick, out of the teams in the AFC, though, the Miami game we talked about, Baltimore, the Colts, Tennessee, and the Browns. If you had to choose, like one of those teams is going to lose. Who who do you who do you think would it be? Out of all those teams, um, just like I feel like one of those you're gonna be like all those seem like they should win. Obviously, Miami yeah. versus Buffalo is a tough game. I feel like the Cleveland, backups play Cleveland. Like if you have a Baker implosion game, like Siciliano. Oh, we got an update out in uh, Cleveland or Pittsburgh. I forget who's home. Cleveland, I think it is, and it's just a pick six and like having it be like a weird like thirteen ten game or something. I feel like that's very much in the cards. Yeah, sadly, I think that's true, but we'll, we'll see. I'm my, For my lock of the week, I'm going with one of those teams we mentioned and kind of fading those stats you gave earlier. I, I love the Ravens this week, minus 13 versus Cincinnati. Getting them at under two touchdowns versus Cincinnati, I think, is good value. Cincinnati's won their last two games, but, I mean, they don't have anything to play for, really. Yeah, they could play spoiler in this game, but I think they've gotten their spoil win out of the way versus Steelers a couple weeks ago. And the Ravens have been hot. They're 5-0 against the spread their last five, basically since 
well, they've covered the last five, including the Steelers game, and they've won their last four since that loss. They're averaging almost 30, they're averaging 35 points per game, and they're also running the ball incredibly. The last four, they're averaging 233 rushing yards per game, and that works out well versus Cincinnati defense. That's pretty bad against a run. They're 16th in rushing success rate. Cincinnati's given up the most uh, explosive runs this year in the NFL. And the throw in there, they're 30th in passing explosiveness. So it's a bad defense, a Ravens team that needs to win. Uh, they have the most wins in December over the last three years as well. So this is when they start to click. So I love Baltimore under two touchdowns. I think they blow out Cincinnati and they win big in this game. And people start to say, hey, you know, the Ravens, you know, they, they get in the playoffs. They're a sneaky team. Remember, this was the one seed last year. They start to get that little hype. Um, in the first matchup, they sacked Burrow seven times. The Bengals have allowed the second most sacks this year. I don't see what changes this time. So I love the Ravens. Yeah, that was one of the uh, contenders for my lock of the week. I agree. I think they roll. I feel like they've quietly just been taking care of business the past couple weeks here. Uh, they had the dramatic win over Cleveland, and they their schedules eased up, and they've just kind of taken care of business. So I'm with you there. I think the Bengals have shown some nice fight. I mean, beating the Steelers on Monday Night Football is insane. Um, and they, they played well again last week versus Houston. Um, but I agree. I think their defense is too strong. And I think Lamar is going to stay hot, put up stats versus bad teams. Uh, they he, he does that. He just blows out bad teams. So I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah. my, go ahead. I was just going to say, the, the Pittsburgh win, that was their nice game playing spoiler to a good team. You, you don't get many of those when you're a bad team in the NFL. So that was a great win for them on Monday night, but I don't see them duplicating that versus a Baltimore team that's pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my lock of the week, I'm going back to the well. So what worked for me last week, um, I'm taking another under. I'm taking the under in the Raiders-Broncos game. This total, I couldn't believe how high it was, 51 and a half. Um, you look at it, the Raiders as a team have hit the over 11 out 14 times this year. So that's exactly why it's as high as it is. Their defense has not been great. Last week, their defense played well, though, until the very end. And there was some weird, crazy stuff happening with Fitzpatrick. The total was like, it was like 16, 13 with about five minutes ago. The game unraveled. Um, and the Raiders defensively, I think they'll be able to get pressure on Drew Locke. He's continues to be a terrible quarterback. He's thrown 14 touchdowns, 15 picks on the season. This game's in Denver. Weather's in the 40s. Neither team has anything to play for at all. I think the Raiders are going to be disappointed once again in terms of how the end of season has won for them. Um, it's just, I think it's time time for them to go on vacation. Um, there's there's seven and eight. There's just not there's not much there. The last eight matchups between these teams, the unders hit every time. Denver has the worst offensive DVOA in the NFL. They're 14th on defense. The most nervous part about this whole matchup for me is the Raiders offensively. They've been able to put up points, but I just think they're going to come out flat. They had another, they had a gut wrenching loss last week. That's two in a row if you think about it. The Chargers game and uh, the game Saturday night versus Miami. This is just going to be one of those throwaway games that's in the four o'clock. Time slot, I don't want to see it on red zone. I don't want to hear about it. And that's when I'm going to know that this winner hits. Um, so I, I'm taking the under. Yeah, I like that pick. I think the Raiders are pretty dead. That, that lot, the, Their last two losses have been absolutely brutal. What did you say the spread of the game was? Or did you say it? I did not say. I like the I like, spread. The spread is, 
I think it's I think the Denver's plus three. Two and a oh. half. Denver Denver plus two and a half. I haven't won a bet on Denver at all this year. I think I'm due. I like Denver a lot in that game just because, like we said, the Raiders are dead, and this feels like a classic Broncos game where they play well. Drew Locke will put up some stats, and yeah. they'll say, oh, you know, Drew Locke, he's yeah. season well. So it's what it's he did gonna last be like, year. It's going to be like 28-13. Derek Carr is going to throw like two packs. It's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, and did you see John Gruden? So this is end of his third year for the Raiders. I feel like he's been better. They've the last two years they've just collapsed the second half of the season, which is obviously very disappointing. But he he's had a worse record than Tom Cable through three years with the Raiders, which is uh, was it Tom Cable? It was yeah, some he, one of the coaches. He was terrible. Hugh Jackson was head coach at one point to think had a bad year. Uh, I think they went 8-8, eight and eight actually, with you, but I think it was Tom Cable. He's had a worse record than that guy through three years. That's pathetic because that guy seems like an absolute train wreck. He has a 10-year contract. He's seven years left. I don't know what they do with this team. I don't. I can't imagine they, you running back again talent. with Derek Carr. I mean, they have talent offensively. The defense is a joke. So they got to figure that out. Yeah, I don't know, but I like the under. I like Denver. I think that's a classic game they win at home to end the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tyler, that wraps up. Uh, I think that wraps it up for 2020. Your podcast. We had what four months with no sports, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not counting the KBO or uh, the Joey Chestnut Major League Eating Eat at Home Challenge. But no good year. We had we had some guests, um, some some quality guests. If what what was your favorite interview of the year, Tyler? Uh. So many good ones. I mean, Joey Chestnut was great, even though you made it very uncomfortable after the fact. Um, I would probably say, you know, all the, all the guests <laughs> were fun. Maybe we told that story like, on the air. Yeah, how you were, like, enamored, like a little schoolgirl after. I think we did. Um, but I'd probably say favorite one, even though I do enjoy all the guests we have on, probably Woody Page. The fact that we talked with him for, like, two hours, I think. It's very nice of him, and um, in fact, you know, we grew up watching him on ESPN around the horn all those years, and we got to talk to him for that long, and he was so gracious with his time, was super nice of him, so that, that's the one that stands out. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I think Woody probably takes a cake with uh, just him being on ESPN all the time. Joey Chestnut was, sur- like, Woody Page was very surreal. Joey Chestnut was, like, kind of insane that he was just, like, on the Zoom after watching him eat. 10 pounds of baked beans like 40 minutes earlier like hey hey joey how you feeling yeah i'm, I'm pretty good okay <laughs> yeah it was yeah that, that was cool so thanks for everyone who's listened in 2020 and have a happy new year and we'll be back to recap week 17 on sunday night